On this episode, grit, crashing, cyclocross, and maple syrup. Mm. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Your hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Uh, well, welcome. We are enjoying a beautiful fall afternoon in Bend, Oregon, and we are really excited to have some ladies from Ladies All Ride and Grit Clinics. We have Meredith and Allie, and I'm going to go ahead and let you both introduce yourselves to everyone. My name is Meredith Brandt, and I am the founder of Grit Clinics and the CEO of Ladies All Ride. The chief everything officer is what I call myself. Um, And I don't know how much to go into right now, but um, Grit Clinics was founded in 2011 um, as a company to get more women into bikes and um, teach women basically skills on bikes. And then Ladies All Ride, and Grit Clinics joined for forces in 2015 to take that mission across the country. Um, as of right now, we have um, Allie, who is working now full-time just recently uh, for Ladies All Ride and, um, and also still working for Grit Clinics. But there's a team of about three of us who are full-time, but we have about um, 80 coaches all over the country helping out with both Grit Clinics and Ladies All Ride right now. Wow, that's super cool. Allie? And I'm Allie Halpin, and I am uh, the event coordinator for the Ladies All Ride, so I run a lot of the day-to-day. If you email Ladies All Ride, you're probably getting an email back from me. Uh, And I'm also a head coach for the Ladies All Ride and Grit Clinics, and this is my this would have been my third season if we hadn't had COVID (laughs) with the ladies all ride and uh yeah I think I've been working with grit clinics now for about three years as well yeah I don't know anything about ladies all ride or grit clinics so maybe explain a little bit about the difference between them and what you guys what they do sure yeah great place to start (laughs) um so ladies all ride is a mission to basically get more women um more people who identify as women on bikes across the globe. And we really focus on um, large scale events. Right now we're doing a lot throughout the country. We do about 15 events throughout the country. Um, But we've recently partnered with um, Live Bikes for since 2015. Um, But we just recently partnered with Live Global. So we're actually looking in when COVID clears up a little, we're going to be doing events all over the globe. What, um, what, what kind of events are these? I mean, these you are, say there's a large events. Um, these are ladies uh, mountain bike skills clinics. So um, we're teaching women, basically, we're splitting up into groups of about 10 women, and we're teaching women how to get more comfortable on their bikes, how to face fears on their bikes, how to embrace the sport of mountain biking. Um, And we, yeah, there are three-day events with about 100 women, and we go to uh, mountain bike destinations, popular mountain bike destinations like Bend, um, but throughout the country. So we've got several different locations that are like Bend and that people come from all over to get to ride there. 
Do you want to do it? <laughs> what, and one key thing is these are for women of like all skill levels. So yeah. uh, I've coached women that have literally never ridden a mountain bike before <laughs> to more advanced ladies that have been riding for 10 plus years and just want to advance their skills, which is really cool. We have all those, um, all that variety in one weekend. Yeah. It's kind of a shame it's only for women because Jeff could really use some, some help. I, yeah. Well, so, yeah. 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 This is a good segue <laughs> yeah. into Grit Clinics. Yeah. Um, so Grit Clinics is the sister company of Ladies All Ride, and we do mountain bike skills clinics and private lessons for men, women, and kids. Um, so that's kind of how we fill that niche of, of wanting to be able to help everyone with mountain bike skills. And they're not um, as often the big party events that they are with Ladies All Ride, but we really focus, hone in on the nitty gritty of what you want to learn as a mountain biker. And again, teaching all levels from absolute beginners to people shredding downhill mountains like Mount Bachelor here, here in Bend. So we do teach lessons up at Mount Bachelor. Um, and we do custom clinics, so if it, you had a group of friends that were living in um, L.A. and you wanted to get them together to do a camp somewhere around there where there was trails that you wanted to work on, we can set up custom clinics all over the country because we have that um, web of coaches throughout throughout the country helping us out with that. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. yeah, I was, as Jason alluded to, I... Uh, I was mountain biking about three times a week. This is, gosh, over 10 years ago. And um, I had gone over the handlebars on the San Juan Trail down in Orange County off of Ortega Highway and um, ended up breaking my wrist in two places. And that kind of led me to return to, you know, return to hiking again as sort of my focus because I couldn't ride for like three or four months. And, um, and then I'd hiked the John Muir Trail and started a website and all of that. And I've just now started like getting back into it. And I did uh, my first bikepacking trip last summer on the Deschutes tier of the Oregon Timber Trail. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. But I flew over the handlebars and <laughs> got a non-displaced fracture in my rib. You need a clinic. <laughs> exactly. Like Customer. You know, back when I was riding more frequently, it's like if you the, we had a saying that if you didn't bleed, you weren't doing it right. And, yeah. and I'm hoping to learn that maybe that's not true. Not you know? true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you could speak a little bit about our coaching style, um, Allie, but we definitely we don't want you bleeding. No. If possible, even though it does happen. Yeah, I'm not even sure I want to shred. I just want to, you know, like, have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's <laughs> really what we tell people is, like, mountain biking's fun and playful, yeah. and we want to help people have more fun, be more playful, and not be scared because it can be an intimidating kind of scary sport. You're out in the woods, and there's rocks and trees and things that can take you out. As you've experienced. As I know. Yes. <laughs> how did you two transition, or like when did you start mountain biking, and how did, how did you transition from being a mountain biker to wanting to coach and empower other people and teach and sort of share that passion? I started mountain biking um, on a fully rigid, um, I think it was a rock hopper, one of those type. It's like a $300 mountain bike that my dad got me for commuting in college. Um, and I just decided I wanted to take it out on the trails and see what it was all about. And I wouldn't say the first, and that was in Austin, Texas. So those trails are actually pretty technical and rocky. 
Um, so the first few times I went out, it was a little bit uh, scary. I was probably going over the handlebars as well. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but after moving to Bend, there's a lot of really beginner-friendly trails and a lot of people that are um, just ready to go out and try. The there's a lot of people, like-minded people that want to go out and ride the trails. So I got to meet some great girlfriends and we went out, started getting more into it. And then eventually I started thinking like, this is really fun. I'd love to know how to be better technically. Um, th there weren't coaches really at the time to teach me, so I kind of taught myself, and then that's how I got into coaching. Eventually, um, I was certified and started the grit clinics to teach other women, primarily here in Bend in the beginning, just how to get comfortable on the trails. So that was my journey. It was kind of just really loving the sport and wanting to take it to the next level and share the knowledge that I had gained along the way. Who, who do you get certified with? I mean, what is... Um, there are a couple of companies. Um, the PMBI is the certification that um, that I went through, and they're, they're kind of, they're also sort of like our events. They're all over the country certifying mountain bike coaches, um, and it's a three-day certification program usually that you take. Um, that's basically teaching you how to coach, but you do need to meet like a level of skills before you start coaching. And, and ideally you get some experience with a company like ours shadowing a, a professional coach because just getting the certification um, isn't often enough to go out and coach a weekend long event. So, Like, like you, I, uh, I, I don't like to admit this because I'm kind of a roadie snob, but I did actually try to race mountain bikes in the early 90s on a full rigid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, and that's why I don't ride them anymore. <laughs> I mean, it just, I, got, I was, like you were saying, I was so beat up. I kept crashing and, you know, and just, I was always bleeding somewhere, bruised somewhere. You know, one arm would heal and then the next, you know, you'd crash the next ride and the other arm would start bleeding. I just, it was not fun. So, I don't know. I, uh, but that's, that's, uh, that's super cool what you guys are doing. That's fantastic. Natalie, um, how about you? Yeah, so I got into mountain biking like in my early 20s. So I was in college and uh, I was a big skier and ski raced growing up. And I was on my third knee surgery. Ooh, yikes! <laughs> and uh, my, I remember my physical therapist sat me down. She's like, "You gotta, you gotta figure something else out, girl." And she had actually was like, "You should try mountain biking." And I was like, "Oh, I actually like I know some people that do that." And a friend at the time, she was pregnant and she had a rock hopper. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it did have a front fork, but it actually was like broken and like didn't work so it was pretty much a fully rigid and was probably too big for me and like a few friends had gotten into it so we started going out here in Bend and kind of exploring and then that turned into like I totally had the bug I was like this kind of reminds me of skiing <laughs> um, and then I dove into the race world actually I got really into racing um, and I got up I race professionally and I had gotten into my first like professional mountain bike race and I was like oh I'm fit and I don't know how to handle my bike <laughs> so I had actually reached out to Lindsay and was who is one of the other owners of Ladies All Ride and was like can you help me <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing and I'm really like I was like totally embarrassed after my first race and she took me up to Mount Bachelor and uh, like helped me learn how to do drops and like simple things like my mind was completely blown in like the three hours that I spent riding with her and I was like how did I not I've been riding for like six years and I had never learned like 
oh, drop your heels. <laughs> like really small things that changed my riding. And I think after that lesson, I was kind of like, wow, I want to I wanna be a part of this. And at the time I was teaching middle school and I was like, teaching, this seems like, like cool. Like I, I know how to teach. Like, why don't I learn how to teach? So I signed up for the PMBI that Meredith was talking about. And then basically was, I started bugging them. I'm like, Hey, I got this PMBI. I want to coach. That's how a lot of our coaches get started is they yep. take a lesson from us. So they come to one of our events and they get the bug. It's, it's just a super fun environment. And we teach people how not to go over their handlebars and bleed. And so they're, they're stoked and they want to be part of it and they want to share that with others. So yeah. And she's a badass. I mean, Allie is a really good rider. And, um, so is Meredith. Uh, well, yeah. but, but I don't race. I don't race. She can, like, ride a bike and, like, feed her baby at the same yeah. time. Yeah, right. That's what I'm working on. Yeah, pretty much. It's a skill. Yeah, sure. So, um, so how did, like, what was the, sort of the bringing together of Grit and Live? Like, how did that, ha- how did that come together? Was there, like, is there a story behind that? Or... Yeah, so I wish Lindsay could be here today, um, but Lindsay is my business partner. She's amazing. She's kind of the face of Ladies All Ride, and she's out there <clears throat> inspiring women all the time. Um, she's in her van. We have a, um, a big logoed van, and people everywhere she goes, people come up to her, oh, I came to your clinic, or I've heard about you, or I saw you on Instagram, or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, Lindsay and I had heard about each other through mutual friends. Um, I was doing, we were basically kind of doing the same thing, um, getting into the ladies mountain biking world um, around the same time, both around 2011, her with Ladies All Right and me with Grit Clinics. And um, in, like I mentioned, 2015 is when we joined up. She had um, been approached by Live Cycling, um, which is the women-specific mountain bikes, or women-specific bikes, um, and they're the sister company to Giant Bicycles. Um, And she had been approached uh, by them, and and they had said we'd love to have a mountain bike, a ladies mountain bike clinic series that that is on the road that's all over the country and um we we would support that if you could do that she'd been in the industry for a while so she had a lot of those industry connections um but she didn't have the skills to run an event and that's where i came in (laughs) so it was kind of a perfect partnership because she had the connections with the industry i had been running these um clinics here in bend and knew knew the drill on how to run events which as you know, Sveri, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. But, yeah. And so, yeah, she said, you know, do you want to just go for this? And at the time, Grit Clinics was not a full-time job for me. I had another job. It was a side thing that I did. But it was it became clear quickly that if we went for this and we were going to be running events all over the country, that I would have to quit my day job. So it was a little scary, but also really exciting. And, yeah, so we kind of just through at the time just kind of threw the companies together they now have their own you know distinct um face like i described earlier but we threw the companies together and took it on the road with live as our title sponsor um and sram components as our um supporting sponsor and we it was crazy the first year was crazy but we did it (laughs) it was a lot of work and it was um pretty stressful at times and now i think we've got a flow and we've got some great people that work with us so it's been quite the journey how many years have you been at it now so nine 
Okay. And ten? It, I, ten. Okay. It'll be ten this spring. That's yeah. great. How many events did you have in that first year? Well, it's funny you asked that because I was thinking about what a hard and crazy year. And I think we only had, it was either four or six. Okay. And, it, and it felt like just craziness to me. Um, but we were, you know, we were going to city. We, we actually did an event in Austin, my hometown, Austin, Texas. And, uh, you know, we were driving all over the city and trying to figure out there was crazy flooding going on you know just event nightmares left and right that year I think every event it rained at and we somehow squeaked by being able to hold all of our events but um yeah I think there was four I think there was maybe four on the road and then we had two in Bend something like that it was at the time it was kind of small and they were smaller events but yeah it's just kind of grown from there <laughs> so pre pre 2020 so we don't we don't we're not quite sure when this will actually air. So we're recording it in the fall of 2020. Um, prior to 2020, like last year, how many events? Like, what does a typical event year look like for you? As we look to the future, what is it? Right. What is like a typical event year look like for you? How many states? How many you know destinations? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're looking at next year holding. We have our signature events, which are about 100 people. So we'll probably we're looking about doing about 14. Or 15 of those um, but then with through grit clinics I mean that it's kind of limitless how many we can have and that's because we contract with other co- our coaches across the country to um, step in and help out people that contact us um, for private clinics and and um, custom clinics so it could be I mean I don't remember how many we had in 2019 you probably remember numbers better but with grit clinics we probably um, saw an additional 500 or 600 uh, participants, mm-hmm. and then Ladies All Ride, maybe eight or 900. We were one. Actually, we did two. We did sp- the spring, we did our pilot event with you guys, oh, and then that's also right. the, uh, the fall event. Yeah, yeah. with Tina. Tina. Yeah, <laughs> she is a legend. Adore her. She is a legend. Yep. She's so awesome. And that, yeah, that's a great example of like, I think we were running a Ladies All Right event in Vermont at the time, and one of our coaches here in Bend helped with Adventurous, and they were doing, we were doing these two events simultaneously. So to be able to um, kind of have a, be able to run multiple events at the same time is the goal if, you know, if there's stuff going, especially during mountain bike season. And do you sort of chase mountain bike season? Is that sort of how you plan your tour yes. for the year? It's just sort of weather, weather. Yeah, where, where we want to ride yeah. at, at the time that we want to ride there. <laughs> yeah. Peak season. Yeah. yeah. No, there's certain places we go like um, Big Sky Montana and Grand Targhee, Wyoming. We're going to be doing some other events, um, Flathead, Flathead Lake Lodge, Montana and Whitefish, mountain towns um, that, you know, summer is kind of the only, there's only a couple months out of the year that we can really um, be there especially the high elevation mountain towns. Um, but then like Sedona and Moab, places like that, you want to be there in the fall or the spring when the weather's nice. So yeah, it's kind of like hoping that you can pick the perfect weekend. It's, kind of, it's kind of like the, the endless summer for surfing, but the mountain bike yeah, version. It yeah, it is right? for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that, That's so cool. So what if someone wanted to sign up for one of your events, like what, what, what is it like? What, what can they expect? So just like uh, signing up, as in what they can expect from a weekend. Yeah, like, well, yeah. yeah they, hey, I sign up for your event. I show yeah. up. This, yeah, just like take a little yeah, play totally. by play. Yeah, totally. So um, it, 
it all looks the same for all of our locations, but on Friday we have a um, like a meet and greet event and it's usually at like one of the local bike shops. Um, and we usually have like beer and snacks and it's just a welcome event. We want women to feel comfortable and we we want it to be non-intimidating <laughs> like we don't want we want them to feel comfortable when they show up Saturday to actually ride their bikes um, so that's kind of how we kick the weekend off um, and it's just a great way to mingle maybe meet a few people if your girlfriends just are all meeting you in Sedona then you can all get together and we give them um, we get a really awesome goodie bag <laughs> when you come <laughs> to a camp um, that has all it depends on what our sponsors are this uh, for the year but you pick up your goodie bag and then we have demo equipment for the weekend from our awesome sponsors um, so you get to check out demo gear that kind of stuff and you then can protect your elbows and your mm -hmm. knees with g-form armor what, what about your ribs what about <laughs> yeah. your ribs yeah. nothing for the uh, ribs uh, yet nothing? okay <laughs> need some body armor uh, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> so that's friday evening and then saturday we usually start around nine o'clock in the morning and People are kind of, we usually have some coffee and snacks and things like that. We break into groups. Lindsay gives an awesome speech every day. Like, I've listened to it. I don't even know, like, probably makes 20 you cry. plus times. Makes you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we break up into groups and everyone goes out and usually the mornings are set up very skills and drills based so uh, we're not really riding on trails we're just working on skills we have tons of um hard to like wooden drop boxes and fake logs and like things that you can practice again non-intimidating before actually going out on the trail and trying to tackle the rock or the roots or whatever it is um and then we have a really yummy lunch provided by someone in wherever we are um so we come back together for lunch and then the afternoon is we take things out to the trails um so you get to apply things sometimes it shuttles sometimes if we're on a downhill mountain like in in Montana you're taking laps on the lifts um, and then we come back around four o'clock and we do a happy hour and education station so you grab a beer kombucha usually there's food again yeah. <laughs> we love our snacks yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's education stations and those kind of vary um, because SRAM's one of our sponsors they usually will do like a suspension setup um, we, we've had people talk about uh, local trail organizations come out and talk about trail maintenance um we've diet diet we've oh yeah i've done yeah. that one trail i'd usually do an apps and maps one uh -huh. teach people about trail forks and planning out your rides um yeah and then sunday is basically a repeat of saturday minus we don't have a happy hour at the end we just kind of we do wrap-up circles at the end of the day and then everyone sadly has to say bye yeah. <laughs> with like a bunch of new part. friends yeah and <laughs> Yeah, digits. We exchange photos and numbers at the end, and um, a lot of times people are coming. They they are getting into mountain biking, and they don't have a lot of people to ride with. And hopefully, by the end of the weekend, they've got friends to ride with, either in their area or someone they can go and visit. So that's a big goal of the weekend is just um, getting to know other mountain bikers. Because you go to so many different locations, do you find that most of the women are sort of from the general area or do people fly in or is it both? Like, is it more of a destination for people or is it more local? It's, um, it's a combo, yeah. I mean, more and more the destinations that we've been picking are so 
well known and epic as mountain bike destinations that we are starting to get a lot more people coming in and making a weekend of it. Sometimes they'll bring their families. A lot of the locations that we go to, especially like the resort type locations, they have family friendly activities. So the you know kids can go do an adventure with the spouse and the um, lady gets to hang out and mountain bike all weekend but then you know meet back up with their family for dinner so we've, we get some of that too and then I would say I mean I, I would say I haven't looked at numbers lately of what percentage is local and what's coming in but I think it's about half and half mm-hmm. um, some of our locations are going to be more out of towners just because um, they're you know like Grand Targhee, Wyoming not a lot of people live there nice so do you do each of you have a favorite location that you guys do that's a hard one. <laughs> I'm curious what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a toss-up between Bentonville, Arkansas, and Vermont for me, but I'm going to probably have to say our Vermont location. Yeah. It's pretty spectacular <laughs> spot. And what, a, time, and what time of year do you do? Uh, in the fall. Okay. So it's like... Epic. Yeah. There's like fresh maple syrup, and the trees <laughs> are changing, and the grass is green, and... Yeah. yeah. We stay at a... <laughs> like wonderful bed and breakfast there that's just right connected to the trail networks and um it's just a really small community um the town is lindenville vermont but it's near the kingdom trail network um and burke vermont is probably a better known area but it's just um just special i think coming from the west coast and going to the east coast for (laughs) me it's something very and being from the south just something very different um so i would agree i think from yeah so Meredith, your favorite spot? Um, well, besides our Vermont clinic, um, <laughs> the besides syrup. the maple syrup and the pancakes and the maple creamy, the really oh, good yeah. beers. And the, <laughs> the mountain biking is—I mean, I think it's good there. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I love Sedona. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sedona is just—I love the full-body mountain biking um, of kind of like the Sedona area, Moab area, places like that where you, here in Bend, you can just kind of pedal along and it's smooth and easy and fun and flowy. Flowy, thank yeah. you. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> but yeah, Sedona is just like, you got to be on it, looking ahead all the time. You make, you're constantly making calculations in your head about how you're going to get up and over these rocks and it's slow and chunky and challenging but also really, really fun. I love it. And it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sedona is pretty spectacular. Yeah. I would assume that that's a big destination one. That's another people. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Although there's, there's a really awesome um, local community, mountain biking community there now. So it's, we, it's fun to be able to go there and we have coaches that live there. It's, we don't have to fly everyone in and um, yeah, more and more. I think people are starting to want to live there year round, even in the summer. I mean, you can get up and go for a ride in the morning and then swim during the day, I guess, is what you do. Well, it's, <laughs> a, it's a higher elevation. Yeah, yeah so exactly. it's not, I mean, they get some snow in the winter, so. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. So how do you choose your locations? Like, I mean, aside from... Well, I want to go <laughs> maple yeah. syrup, pancakes. Or is that it? And yeah. I, yeah, that's it. It's the food. And Vermont I cheddar. <laughs> just basically look for places that produce cheese yeah. and yeah. visit around maple beer, syrup. Yeah. 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 So, like, what's the sort of, like, from the time you sort of, like, kind of ha- get your eye on a location? Because I, I know that it takes a lot to, like, then create it into an event location, right? It's one thing to want to go someplace. but So what are your sort of criteria? Um, yeah, there are some pretty distinct criteria for something that, 
really works. We've tried to do events in bigger cities, like I was talking about Austin, Texas, and Marin County, and that and it's hard when you're having to shuttle people across town through traffic. Um, it just isn't as ideal. We'd like to we like to find a place where kind of everything there's a central hub where we can like Ali was describing we can do skills and drills in the morning preferably in like a nice grassy field where it doesn't hurt to fall um, <laughs> while you're honing the skills in and then you can just leave right from there to get on to hop onto the trails so we're not spending a lot of time in shuttle vehicles or making people drive across towns um, but we do get inquiries all the time and we're kind of we're constantly getting on the phone with people and having them describe their area to us to decide if that's going to be a good fit for us and there's honestly there's a ton of places that we would love to go and we just haven't yet um, so I think you know we have our every year we kind of try to add on a new spot if we can um, but yeah it's, a, it's just a formula where it's um, kind of everything has to line up to make for a really good um, clinic and good vibe so we kind of look for that when we're picking a place yeah. and weather and I do feel like the vibe like part of Vermont is the vibe and like the people there and like half of like a lot of the women are local there actually yeah. and you get a really cool like I don't know the group mm -hmm. is just really and the Canadians come yeah. down <laughs> yeah. hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> have you done any in Canada or have you thought of doing any in Canada is that kind of hard as a business to do it um it we haven't yet but I think working with Live Global we were actually going to do one um in Canada this year uh but yeah because of COVID that didn't happen so I think um yeah, I think we'd like to do that. And as far as the, it, it, I, I'm not sure this is going to, that's up to me to figure out how the heck we <laughs> do business in Canada. But um, I think that, yeah, I think that is on the radar for sure. Nice. That's yeah. exciting. So I like a quick question for you. Are you still racing and are you able to sort of, is it easier or hard to balance sort of both the guiding and the racing at the same time? Yeah, it's, uh, I am still racing when it comes back. Right, that, that, <laughs> yes, obviously, yes. Uh, I have not done any races this year, uh -huh. obviously, due to COVID, um, but I will continue to race and it is, uh, you know, the balance. Thankfully, I my racing, I really like to do cyclocross, which is like kind of a fall winter sport. So it actually kind of lines up well with how our schedule works out because ours, you know, we start camps in like April and then we kind of run through the end of September. So it kind of lines up nicely that like I kind of start racing when we kind of are starting to end our like our season. Um, so, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so I have to ask, what do you what is your go to ride? for both of you your bikes Ooh. like favorite ride in bend or in the world or <laughs> type of ride yeah. all of those things um, like a trail you never get tired of like something that you could just go back to and like do again and again Around here, I would probably have to say I love riding. Um, you ride, you drive to the end of uh, Skyliner Road, and there's a Skyliner Snow Park, and you climb up the Tumalo Ridge Trail, and then you go to Swede Ridge, and then you come down South Fork, and then you kind of ride along Tumalo. You can see Tumalo Falls if you want to, and then you ride along Tumalo Creek back to your car. It's like it's like the perfect hour and a half, like weekday ride and I could probably just ride like you get views South Fork is like super fun yeah. flowy little like 
drops um, and then you finish just on like super mellow trail right along the creek so it's kind of a little bit of the best of everything in Bend. <laughs> um, yeah I mean I love the trail she's talking about I also my kind of heart place trail <laughs> is um, <laughs> the Umqua River Trail which is um, about a two-hour drive southwest of here um, on the Umqua River. It is just, I shouldn't even talk about it because it's like, just between us. Yeah. <laughs> if you can spell uh, it, yeah. you can, if you can spell it and find it's, it's, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely, it takes more effort. So um, it's kind of been a tradition to go there every year and camp out with friends. And um, you kind of, it's one of those trails that is best done by a, by an epic shuttle. So you get, you know, someone to drop you off at the top of the segment that you're going to ride and then um there's it's I don't know even know how to describe it but it's just epically beautiful um it is especially if you get to go in the fall when the leaves are changing and it's along a river but there's huge climbs involved there's like fairy tale moss waterfalls mm. there's rocks and there's always trees down so you're hike a biking and it's always takes like probably twice as long as you think it's going to um you usually have like five flat tires and it's an awesome adventure and I really and really love it and you're a mom also right I am a mom I'm in the yeah I'm in the thick of it right now <laughs> I have a, t a two-year-old and a six-month-old yeah so <laughs> yeah it's been um it's been an adventure and yeah they've already been on a lot of uh trips with me because um, in the last yeah two years since I started having these kids I'm done now <laughs> um, yeah I still was running events and having to be there so they would come along to some of those and um, yeah finding that balance of work and riding and being with the kids has been challenging and I've definitely backed away from the long epic rides for the last couple of years and just kind of try and get out for a quick ride and do my work and hang out with my family. But I see a point in the future where um, I can, yeah, start doing some fun rides again soon, hopefully, and eventually bring the kids. Well, yeah, talking about kids, yeah. you know, uh, what's the age range of the people at your events? And do you have, you know, teenagers or, or, or even younger women who are doing this so at our ladies all ride camps i mean we don't really have like an age that we're like oh you can't you, you have to be this age but generally it's like i would say probably 18 to 20 is you know our thing and so but we've had a lot of interest all so, the way up to however old we've yes. had a 70 year old woman <laughs> rocking at our camps oh yeah, yeah. i've had multiple 70 year olds in my groups yeah. coaching that i just like like blow my mind yeah. they're like energizer bunnies I'm like I hope I'm like that when I'm 70 <laughs> um but because of the interest in the younger we actually started um girls all ride that really launched well it launched this year kind of unfortunately <laughs> not the best year to really launch our program but we started really um locally here in Bend um and really for ages like nine to like 16 is kind of what we were targeting um so and those have been we kind of played with some different stuff since it was the first year we had everything from like a day camp 
um, to we had a five day where they came for a half a day for five days in a row, Monday through Friday. And then we had four week program where they met every Wednesday for two hours in the morning. Um, and, you know, same philosophy that we have with Ladies All Right. We want these young girls to, we want them to be confident in themselves. We want them to see bikes as a pathway to life and teach them things and, and love their bikes and do it for a long time and not, you know, like, lose interest in it um and to not like learn the skills while they're young so that it is fun (laughs) they're not getting drug around by their older brother or something doing stuff they don't want to do and meeting friends um so it's actually been really fun and we're excited to continue to uh expand that next year um and then also with grit clinics you know we've done some private um kids like groups of kids that want to um, get together and their parents want them to all work and, you know, take a lesson together. Um, I worked with a NICA group down in Southern California, actually, the Crescenta Valley. I think I said that right. Uh, A whole group I had, gosh, I think I had 12 high school girls um, along with like three of their coaches that I gave a clinic to. Um, they just wanted to work on their skills and learn more for their race season. That was really cool. So uh, there's kind of different avenues that we've worked with that age group. So everybody, anyone yeah. and everyone, yep. all ages. Recovered, yeah. yeah. We do a lot of young boys too up at Mount Bachelor. Oh, yeah. That is a popular uh, young teenage boy They want to learn <laughs> how to yeah, hug, their, hug yeah. their meat. Yeah, we have a couple uh, male ra- male coaches that get real rad with them. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do you normally have like women coaching the women and guys coaching the guys, or does it both all? Well, so through Ladies All Ride, yes, women, but um, through Grit, Grit Clinics, it's just kind of de- we have so many skilled coaches, both male and female, that it kind of just depends on um, what the student is looking for and then we pair them up with you know the person that we think would best meet their goals but we've got some total ripper lady coaches that are teaching the teenage boys as well (laughs) and they're just humbled when they walk away which we love (laughs) and then we get like bachelor parties that come up and they're like we want to ride at mount bachelor and you know they want kind of want to ride with another dude like we can really accommodate everything which is really fun and so if a coach was interested in coaching with you i know you talked a little bit about like shadowing and stuff like that but how would somebody who wants to coach with you and because you said it's all over the u.s you know you have a huge network how would they good question yeah I mean they could just um we get inquiries a lot about that um usually people reach out via email um info at ladies all right or info at grit clinics um and what we typically do Allie and I usually set up just a time to talk to them on the phone and get to know them a little bit um and see kind of what their experience is. If they're more interested in coaching in their area, then they could be a really good fit for grit clinics because, um, you know, if they're not going to be traveling a lot, they just want to get more experience, um, you know, mountain bike coaching and have maybe it's they want to have a side job doing that, then that's great for us because that means we can reach people in their area and we can tell you know people that reach out to us that there's a coach there if they're more interested in doing being part of the festival ladies all right events um then what we would do is start them volunteering and volunteer at an event just to see how it's all run and then they would um 
become an assistant coach once they were certified to coach. So we would encourage that they would get their certification. Um, and then eventually we have a, we have them co-coach with another coach so they can kind of like play off each other. They're not responsible for the whole weekend of coaching. And then after that, a head coach. So, um, and that can take, you know, that can take a, a few events to get there if they already have a ton of experience, or it could take a couple seasons of working with us. And we just kind of, we want top quality coaches and want, you know, people to feel really confident before they go into that head coaching role. So it just kind of depends on, um, yeah, how much experience they have. What is each of your favorite thing about bicycling or cycling or mountain biking? Oh, man. Um, I mean, honestly, the people and like the people that I get to meet and, uh, you know, like I think about between racing and working, you know, my job, the people that I've met and connected with and like there's a whole crew of women on the you know east coast that uh that I keep in touch with you know we were pretty active with each other on social media some of them will like email back and forth uh obviously like you know I haven't seen some of those people in like a year or two but you just like have that connection um and like that is probably my favorite I will not to linger on but like a perfect example I was at this race in Massachusetts last year and a gal who had volunteered at the ladies all ride we were racing against each other like we were battling it out <laughs> on the race awesome. course and I like rec- it was weird how I was like I'm like oh yeah she's at the ladies all ride she's like wearing ladies all ride socks <laughs> and after the race we like you know we like just torn each other's legs off and we were like I was like you were in Vermont she's like I knew that was you too <laughs> and we like gave each other a hug and you know she lives on the east coast I live on the west coast and it was just like this bond that we you know you just like create this bond it's like just super cool you, you did beat her right you beat her but- I did beat her, but I could have yeah. I could have not beat her, and I would have been totally happy. It would have been we wore ourselves out. <laughs> Sorry, just had to get that for the record. Yeah, totally yeah. yeah, the community really is yeah. very special. I think that that's something that we're really proud of to have been part of creating this community where women all over the country and all over the globe can um, kind of have this bond. Of being on bikes together Um, and I think a lot of people are attracted when they first come to our events maybe they're nervous you know they've been bloodied up or gone over the handlebars (laughs) a few times but we really put their um, nerves at ease and just get them comfortable and show them that it's really about having fun and it's about the community and um, we leave our egos at home (laughs) and it's um, it is a really special way to connect with people and just have that that in common Um, and so for me, community is important. And then I just, I love the aspect of going out and conquering a trail that I was afraid of and going out and we call it sessioning the obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do it all day long. I love grabbing a group of girlfriends and going out to a technical section of trail and just trying it and cheering each other on and maybe putting our hands up and spotting each other so that we have got that extra little bit of comfort so maybe we won't fall if we're going to try something um but yeah being able to challenge myself in that way it feels really good face fears and get past them it's awesome yeah do you guys have like bucket list trips do either of you have what are your like what's your like dream mountain biking trip i have to say i'd like i really want to go to like 
Switzerland and like that part of the uh, I have a friend who did like a hut to hut like mountain bike (laughs) (laughs) trip through like the Swiss Alps and after I saw her pictures and that experience like pretty much yeah that's exactly like hut to hut through the Swiss Alps (laughs) come on Meredith let's get this let's get this make this happen right I know come on non-biking in Europe more we've done we have done a couple of trips there and um, last year we went with um, the Live Global team and met up with ambassadors across uh, the globe. Basically, 12 different countries, I think, came together and we did a summit, a global summit um, in France and got to mountain bike there. And yeah, it was, you know, it was a little more focused on work. I wish that we could have gotten out on the trails a little bit more than we did, but it definitely gave me the bug of wanting to ride more in Europe um, and just... Yeah, I mean, there's so many, we get to go to so many cool places in the U.S. And I think that the people, the more people get into mountain biking, the more trails are being built um, globally. And I think getting to check out some of those trails that are in another country, speaking a different language, eating different types of food. And yeah. Yeah, I have to say, like, from my hiking experience, I would say some of the best trails I've ever been on hiking have been ones that have been multi-use because I really feel like the mountain bike community does such a good job of taking care of trails and like trail advocacy and getting out there. Um, So I think there's a lot of like nice crossover in that. I know that, yeah, no, I, yeah, I think like Tahoe Rim Trail, the best parts of that trail were honestly the ones that were the multi-use. And I think it was probably a lot to do with the mountain biking community that's out there. Yeah, we love our trails and building them and riding them. (laughs) Do you, do you two, what are other outdoor activities that you do when you're not biking or is there just nothing? (laughs) (laughs) It's all biking all the time. I actually, I really like trail running uh, and I like the, like sometimes like I love my bike, but it's still like, it's like mechanically like can frustrate me sometimes or like, I'm like, tie my shoes and go. I don't have to think about anything. Um, So I love that. Obviously we live in a winter spot. So like Nordic skiing, I'm like, I came from a downhill ski background. None of that transfers to Nordic skiing, but I like going around. Meredith and I go out um, in the winter sometimes. And then rock climbing, I dabble in. It's like kind of a fun, it reminds me a lot of mountain biking, actually. You know, you have a rock problem and you kind of got to like pick through it and try different lines. And rock climbing, you have to do the same thing. You're like, you can't just try the same move over and over again (laughs) if you're not getting, um, if you're not getting the problem. So I love the mental aspect of that. Yeah, uh, skiing is my other huge love. I love downhill skiing. Um, Nordic skiing I like for the exercise, but it's hard. Um, Downhill skiing kind of gives me that same adrenaline rush that mountain biking does, and I love that. And backcountry skiing where you're just out in the woods kind of by yourself. Well, probably not by yourself, but with a small group of people. You strap on your skins, you hike up, you maybe get one or two ski runs in the whole day but um just kind of being out in the woods in the snow in the winter and that remote feeling I really love running swimming some <laughs> mainly mountain biking very cool yeah. um and so I think my last question is for you know you take all levels 
like what when women show up to the clinics do they need to have a bike do you provide bikes like what you know for somebody who's really getting into it what are the sort of requirements beyond enthusiasm (laughs) (laughs) and interest yeah so we do have a fleet of live demo bikes um, with SRAM components and they're really nice Um, we have about eight of those and and some of the areas that we go to the bike shops we work with will have um, additional demo bikes for people Um, Our bikes are free of charge, just like all of our demo equipment. So if you don't have a bike yet, um, you know, you just request to demo one of ours for the weekend. And um, we can really set people up. If they're really getting into the sport, we can help them kind of have all the equipment that they need for the weekend for the most part so that they can give it a try and not have to fully commit. Um, But usually after the weekend, they fully commit. Fully commit, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And one uh, one thing to add to that, too, is that we do offer scholarships for our camps. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, you know, financials can be a hindrance. I know I've been there, yeah. been the college kid that has looked at this kind of stuff and been like, oh, man, someday <laughs> when I get a big girl job. Um, so, yeah, the Walton family does a huge um, they usually provide help for that to help us provide scholarships to women uh, for yeah. camps. So. Which has been so awesome yeah we've really been able to uh, provide you know, several spots or um, either full scholarships or partial for every single camp we do yeah. so we're just fun and goofy on mountain bikes like yeah. we don't like <laughs> I think that if you're intimidated by getting into the sport or if you've had experiences that were less than fun I think that there is a different mountain biking out there for you and taking a clinic and learning I mean the feedback we get all the time is just like how much more confident and safe you feel after you take a clinic be it a you know a private lesson through grit clinics or the full weekend event through ladies all ride um it's all about making you have we want you to have fun on your mountain bike so it does sound intimidating it is scary to think of getting on there and going over rocks and roots but we meet you right at your level um and we deal with the fear aspect of it every time we go out and ride. So we really know how to communicate. Um, we really know how to kind of approach it based on a different type of teaching where it's um, acknowledging that there is that fear, but how do we um, how do we have positive thoughts that serve us and help us get over and through those obstacles and start having fun with mountain biking as opposed to being terrified of mountain biking. So. Mm-hmm. We are, we are fun and non-intimidating, and we love what we do, and we want everyone to try it. Yep. That's awesome. So if someone wants to try it, how, how can they find you guys? Um, they can go to our websites, <laughs> ladiesallride.com and gritclinics.com. They can look us up on social media, on Facebook or Instagram, under Ladies All Ride or Grit Clinics. They can email us Mm -hmm. uh, call us up they can just (laughs) probably see the ladies all ride van driving across the country and come up and we'll give them a business card yeah 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 and if you're sad because you don't see a ladies all ride clinic in your area still reach out to us because like we said we have like 60 coaches in like something like 25 states across the country so even if maybe we're not coming to a close by area like we said we can at least maybe get a group of your girlfriends or guy friends or you and your boyfriend whatever and get together for a lesson or clinic and you also have good is it on instagram your tech tuesdays yeah, tech yeah. Tuesdays. teachable tuesdays, yeah, teachable tuesdays. yes those check are really those solid. out yeah. yeah on the um ladies all right account Lindsay does teachable tuesdays and 
every topic on a mountain bike you can imagine she's covered and she'll cover them again and she'll think of new ones that you didn't even think that you needed to learn and she does videos of how to get up stuff trial and error um, in normal speed and slow-mo describes it every move she makes and it's really fun to watch and mm -hmm. it hopefully gets you the confidence to go out and, and get excited about trying something that you were nervous about trying awesome Very cool yeah We'll put links to all of that in the show notes as well. Okay. Yeah. So. Awesome. We got you covered. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I think this has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed hearing about what you guys are doing and I'm inspired to like dust off my bike and try not to break a bone again. Do it. Do it. We'll take you out. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't encourage him too much. Take me out. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't encourage him. You're allowed to encourage him anytime other than a week before we're starting a, a very That's difficult right. yes. two-week around right, Mount deal. Rainier. Last the other time is yes. fine. Yes. Okay. Just not like a week before we're supposed to do something. <laughs> like last time. Yeah. So y'all are big hikers? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Awesome. Mostly what we're known for. Well, we don't want to take you out on mountain bikes because then <laughs> you you might not want to hike anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, like I said, I tried it. I raced. I was pretty serious about it there for about a year, and it just I just it wasn't uh, it wasn't for me. I like I like road. I like riding on the road a lot. Better yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just my thing. I, I like going really fast without having to worry about running into trees. You right. Know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Weirdly, I'm less afraid of cars in LA than I am of trees and rocks and right. things That's like funny. that. So, yeah, don't yeah, look at the weird, trees. You'll yeah. hit them. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. my. That's actually my worst thing. Oh, yeah. It's like I know, and I'm like, don't look at the rock. Don't I look know. at the rock. And then you're <laughs> looking right at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know not to look at it. I'm and like, then you're really? like, don't close your eyes. Open your eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, like, like willing my body away from it. I'm like, Ugh. I know I'm not supposed to go that direction. You got to go out with when with Tina. Tina. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. just to, like in the last. Yeah, couple that weeks. was super yeah. fun. Oh, recently. Um. Yeah. So I went out with her. So I did a private with her. I don't um, knew that. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, I was talking about at the last clinic I was thinking no, you. No, because the okay. thing is I have I didn't get to do any okay. of her clinics and all the women would come back and they were like, Oh my god, that was like the most amazing thing. I'm like Mer. running <laughs> event. Yeah, like I a lot know. of times like when you're running the event yeah. you don't actually get to have all the fun that your yeah. guests are having. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I did a private with her. Um, and it was actually really sweet because she was good she lent um she lent me a bike for my friend who was coming into town for the weekend and then the smoke came in and so we were planning and I was planning on using said skills that we worked on. But um, yeah, we did Seventh Mountain. Okay. So we did like yeah. little skill stuff. Oh, good. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you got to experience that yeah. because yeah, you're right. Too. At the events, it's like when we're, we always talk about it, when we get to coach at the event, you get the like feel good and it's so much fun. You get the bond when you're just running the event. Sometimes people are coming back and they're so excited and you're like, I feel like I missed out. Yeah. <laughs> I Major do FOMO. It. Yeah. Well, like the whole thing of like, you know, the, the, the cliche is that just choose something you love, right? And then work yeah. will never be work. Well, they do, with this outdoor stuff, though, if you choose something like this, all it means is you're not going to have time to do it <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah, so you basically are, you know, helping other people do it or you're doing something that, you know, yep. yeah. for other people and, and you don't have any, any time to have fun for yourself. The more I'm getting other women outdoors, the less I'm getting outdoors. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Especially so then when you have kids and it's like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's really no time. <laughs> Just need to get some exercise and that's about it. Are, are you riding at home at all? Are you doing like a stationary? Like no, a, I no? live like, I live five minutes from here and so pretty close to the trail so I'll just I get out I actually get out 
I'm good yeah. about it. It's just for short rides. I have yeah. this loop that's one hour, the yeah. home loop. <laughs> yeah. It's got a little bit of everything, and it's mostly trail, and I can just do it right from my house. And I'll occasionally get a longer ride in, and there's there's going to be time down the road for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a time. Yeah, when they're in college, right? When they're in college. <laughs> What's that? One hour? I know. As I, yeah. as I said it, I was like, something about mountain biking that if you're going to go through the trouble of putting on all the gear and yeah. getting your bike ready, that you, an hour is kind of the shortest that you want to yeah. go yeah. because yeah. whereas like a walk or jog, I feel like I'll go out for 25, 30 minutes and that's exactly good, like yeah. me. Literally, like I don't want a road ride. I don't want anything less than like 25 miles. It's just not even worth my yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas my jog, 20 minutes, half an hour, great. You yeah. Know, go out, run out my front door, run back. But you definitely for riding, you want to, yeah. You know, put the time in, and you know, you want to get out there. All right. So it's time for part two of our energy bar taste test. We did chocolate last time. Today, we are going uh, blueberry. The theme is indeed blueberry. So, so uh, yeah, the first one is the Cliff Bar Blueberry Crisp. Here we go. Bar Blueberry Crisp. So this is just a standard Cliff Bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got Correct. It. Yep, nothing fancy, just good old-fashioned. Yep. Yeah. It tastes very... like a Cliff Bar. It's yeah. good. I yeah. like, the, I like the, the sweetness of the fruit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely blueberry. It's got the consistency and the sort of whatever. So if you like Cliff Bars, it's good. I actually feel mm. really quick. I feel like the Cliff Bar, like, so you have to remember with Cliff Bars, you can't do them in the winter because they just turn into like rock solid things. Yeah. But this blueberry one, maybe like in the summer, a little warm and a little gooey, would actually be almost like blueberry muffiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think this would be one that would like actually taste okay, like warmed up and heated in your pack. Mm. Just saying. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. All okay. Right. Pro Bar. Next one is the Pro Meal Bar Blueberry Muffin. I've had this. I had this one for lunch yesterday. So <laughs> I like their chocolate one better, and like mm -hmm. their s'mores one better. It's not bad, but it's uh, taste does taste kind of like a blueberry muffin, though, right? I don't know. I was gonna say I don't. I actually don't taste the blueberries much in this one. Hmm. Yeah. I got. A, I got a pretty good taste of the blueberries. I, do I think too. it's. Yeah. It's. It may have um, been like peach dependent. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I think you might have. Yeah, I got some good blueberry, and it does actually. The flavor is very. The consistency certainly is not because it's a very heavy, dense bar, but I did get the flavor of the um, of, of the blueberry muffin. All right, and the next one is this um, Bearded Brothers blueberry vanilla. Ooh, kind of mild flavored a bit, mm -hmm. but nice, light too. Kind of like um, this is the one like yesterday too, or the last test we did where um, it's a little bit kind of like an RX bar would be how I would describe it if right. you ever had an RX bar. It's um. It's dense, yeah. but it's half the thickness of the Pro Bar or the Cliff Bar. Yeah. So and you could probably finish the whole thing. I could yeah. probably finish the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could, pretty easy to, I think it would be easy to eat on the trail, like mm -hmm. as like a snack, as opposed to the other ones were maybe half a Cliff Bar, maybe half a Pro Bar, if you're actually really right. working right. hard. Yeah. All right. Our, our second to last one is the Jauge. I think that's how you say <laughs> it. I don't know. And it's... Um, Spell that for me. J-O-J-E with an accent agu. Yeah. Lemon blueberry quinoa. Oh, wow. That's what it said. I wonder if that's protein. The lemon really pops out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First thing I taste. Yeah. I like it. I don't get a lot of blueberries. I, I like that it intrigued Joan. Joan came in for a try. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, hmm. I think oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now she's making the face like, yeah. oh, I didn't try I didn't mean to try that. <laughs> Probably not a good follow-up to the 
yeah. cheese and wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, you know, I don't know. That's that's. I didn't get much blueberry in that, did you? Mm-hmm. I got lemon. The lemon's definitely coming forward. Um, it's a little lighter. It's not yeah. as dense as the other bars that we've tried. Yeah. And um, I, I did like the lemon part of it. Uh, I don't get a lot of blueberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the quinoa, if that bumps up the protein, protein level, you know, that could be yeah. a plus. But um, yeah. All right. Joan's shaking her head at me. Like, and, our, no. and our last one is the This Bar Saves Lives. And... Uh, it's a sticky, it's a soft granola, sticky one. I got more, I got a raisin and not a blueberry in it, so it tastes more like raisin than blueberry. Maybe it was a dry blueberry, I don't know, but I like this. I kind of, the consistency is totally different than any of the other yeah. ones, because mm-hmm. it's got, it's kind of like grainy, crunchy, but it's also yeah. not hard, so it's like crunchy, but not hard, you know what I mean? Like, you don't feel mm-hmm. like you're going to break a tooth? Yeah. I don't know. It's very light. Mm-hmm. Not bad. All right, guys, so which, uh, which of those was your favorite? I'll go first. I'll, yeah. I'll say uh, I'm going to put my top two. The, okay. Number one would be the this this bar saves lives. Mm-hmm. Actually, I really like that yeah. one. Yeah. And the other one is the Bearded Brothers mm-hmm. uh, Bodacious Blueberry Vanilla yeah. Bar. I think that was really good as well. Yeah. Severia? For me, I was going to say I like the um, this bar saves lives. Definitely, yeah. that was my first choice. I mean, and I I know it's it's old school, but as far as if I'm going for pure blueberry factor, I actually kind of like the Cliff Bar. Oh, nice. Yeah, like the blueberry crisp. Yeah, I think the Bearded Brothers was my favorite, I'd have to say. Mm. Um, I did like the This Bar Saves Lives. I mean, all of them were fine. None yeah. of them, you know, they were all definitely edible. You know, some of them, it's the consistency. Again, they're heavier yep. and they're denser, so it would not be as easy to eat. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, otherwise they're all they're all good. And, and I think there's a lesson to be learned from Joan's experience when she hiked the John Muir Trail and had cliff bars every, like twice a day every day and the same you know we had a variety of flavors but it was the same consistency yeah if we had a different one of these bars every time yeah you know she probably would still be in cliff bars (laughs) (laughs) fair enough yeah definitely we will definitely put in the show notes again sort of that whole you know calories to weight ratio Mm because a lot of times you know what you might be looking for in a hiking bar might be different than a backpacking bar might be different than a grab it during the day snack bar and there's probably quite a big difference between like say the pro meal bar which is going to be 300 plus calories yep. and like this the, this bar that saves lives which i'm guessing is under 200 probably. yeah probably yeah. under 200 so yeah i felt like these were overall more snacky yeah mm-hmm. then aside from the from the uh pro bar the meal bar was yesterday i felt like yeah. there was a lot more density or yes. night yeah the other day when we did the peanut butter yeah. and chocolate ones those felt more Hearty, these yeah. are more snacky. A little more rich. Yeah. Richer flavors. This is a little, yeah, a little lighter. lighter. Now, uh, one other follow-up question here for you guys. Um, when you camp or backpack or hike, do you ever go stoveless? And would you ever use a bar as sort of like a part of a meal replacement? I, I don't think I would. I like having like hot coffee. I like having hot cider. Mm-hmm. Um, I would consider, like, for meals, going stoveless, right? Like, I mm-hmm. would consider doing, um, I mean, I've done a lot of, like, daytime meals and lunches where my lunch literally is a meal bar. I've done that before, you yeah. know, and it's very filling and very satisfying. Uh, very, as, again, as long as you get a good variety and you don't do it every day, it's a good it's a good meal substitute. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like having the stove. 
maybe I'm also a pyromaniac and I just like fire and I just like turning it on and the you know the, the sound and then the flame and all that. So you know, that that yeah. sip of hot coffee in the morning, yeah, yeah, or the hot chocolate at night, yeah. Maybe on a hotter trip, maybe on like a hot. Yeah, trip. I was just gonna say for me, I think I think of a desert trip where you know where the water you have you want to drink and you want to sort of conserve it so I wouldn't be using it for food necessarily I would probably replace bars also sometimes when you're doing sort of shorter more alpine oriented um trips so a lot of times I'll do more bars and stuff when I know I'm going to be waking up at four in the morning and the last thing I'm going to want to do is cook before I head out on the trail right and I'm also I also know I'm not going to be super hungry so I'll just shove something in my mouth early and then have it in my pocket and just sort of try to eat a little bit all morning right um so yeah I think there are definitely times when sort of a no cook stove scenario works makes sense yeah 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 Yeah. well yeah we've got some great choices to add to our list yeah yeah Yeah, i would honestly i would eat any of these yeah Yeah. no problem i'm not there's not one that in both in either stretch that i wouldn't you know if it was in front of me and i was hungry i wouldn't eat so yeah awesome cool all right well that's gonna do it for us please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media on instagram at almost there underscore ap or the Almost There Adventure podcast on Facebook. You can find Severia at Adventure Us Women, that's Adventure US Women, Jeff at The SoCal Hiker, or me at The Muir Project. Our title track, Almost There, is performed by Opus Orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. Special thanks to the Looney Bean and their lovely staff in Bend, Oregon, for hosting us in their beautiful patio and keeping us and our guests deliciously caffeinated. For more about this episode and all the others, make sure to check out our show notes on our website, almostthereadventurepodcast.com. On our next episode, we talk to mountain climber, science communicator, and probably the most interesting woman in the world, Eileen Perez. We also taste test a bunch of freeze-dried macaroni and cheese to find out once and for all which one is the cheesiest. As always, thanks for listening.